Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Recording Trace this as well. basement tapes. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, so now a very exciting thing has happened, which is that my friend, and Tim's friend, but she's more my friend. Uh, well, let's Tracy's... ask Tracy who she thinks. Well, it's weird for me to see you two together, because I've known David genuinely for a very, very long time. I'm going to say 30 years. I think the answer was just he's my friend. Yeah, and he, you are a proper friend. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tim is more of a work friend slash new friend. Right. And yeah. I've I'm seen both of you separately, but I don't yeah. think I've ever seen you together. Right. A famous double act. Yeah. 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 No, so Tracy, um, Tracy is a very old friend exciting. of mine, but she's turned up in this, that's frankly kind of showbiz village that we're in. And um, there's a number of things we need to talk to you about in terms of uh, what this podcast is about. Apart from Tracy being a very old friend of mine, yeah. I wanted to bring her in specifically because Tracy knows about music. This yeah. podcast is normally about music and about David Bowie. And also, and we are going to talk about this, Tracy, and, and you can't say no, I don't want to talk about it. You have been out with quite a lot of musicians. And I think we oh, are... It's a lot. It's pushing it. A yeah, few. Well I, well, I was going to... Only gonna, half I, of the Stiff Life tour. <laughs> I, I was going to try and name them before you were here. And then I thought, no, I'm going to leave it to you. Um, I think that is the right way to do yeah. it. But let's, let, before we move to that, Tim's got something he desperately wants well, to say I think... about... About David Bowie, and it's so exciting that we're still talking about him that we should. That's why I want to say it because it's so rare. So I was thinking about five years. Yes, the song. Yes, and I was thinking about one of the most I don't know captivating, interesting Bowie-like sort of phrases in there or moments is when he talks about. I think I saw you in an ice cream parlor. Yes, drinking milkshakes, cold Cold and long, long. smiling, waving lips. And okay, what do you think of when you? Well, who's he talking about? What? What? Not even who, because that's it. Like, what do you imagine when you hear that? Baskin Robbins, right? The the brand. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't thinking about the brand. That's what I imagine because there weren't really ice cream parlors in London. Yeah, it's very American. Yeah. It's a very American thing. But the nearest we had, right. which I was excited about at the time, which would have been quite kind of near at that yeah. time or a little bit afterwards, was Baskin Robbins in Finchley Road, okay. which had ice cream flavors and milkshakes. Okay, there was nowhere to sit and drink and be looked at in the way that Bowie okay. is talking well, about. Stick with that thought then. Yeah, who's the address? What's the image in your mind? It's a person who right. he's singing to. Like, I've always um, thought a pretty girl. A pretty right. girl. Yeah. I think that's a girl. What, yeah. I think that's what I've always thought. Yeah. And I was thinking about it the other day, thinking, hang on a minute, have I been thinking about this wrong? Drinking milkshakes, cold and long. I think either the girl is drinking, which seems weird to me, lots of milkshakes. Yeah. Or I suddenly thought, I think it might be a group of people. And it oh, felt why? like a very big moment. What makes you think drinking milkshakes, cold and long, is because the it's multiple milkshakes. Yeah, but she's she's she is having more than one milkshake. Is that? But then that seems like would you have more? You're never going to have more than one milkshake. 
That's why I thought no one has two. I'll have another. So okay. nice, I'll have another. I promised you in Baskin Robbins in 1977. You would, you would have more you'd, than one. You'd think this is amazing. I, I, thought, I didn't know I you could. Have, I had no idea you could have flavors like malt, right. chocolate. I'm going right. to have two of them. Right. Well, all I'm saying is I think there might be a different way to think about that. I think it might be a group of people. Right. And they're all waving and smiling. Oh, and smiling and like, waving and looking to me. And I just thought, wow, Don't, I wonder who they are. Look, I, it's I just think a, you're it, totally wrong. And I think, yeah. can I can I put something to you? Yeah, you sure. Totally destroy this. Yeah. I think the lyric, drinking a milkshake, cold and long, yeah. which would be, it was I one person, that, yeah. sounds a bit doesn't shit. Scan doesn't well, scan. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So he went for milkshakes. Well, maybe like Bowie himself, I'm just trying to take an alternative view and maybe you should open your mind a bit. Of course, he just drank want. milk for quite a while. Yeah, and peppers. And peppers. And coke. Um, so, Tracy. Welcome, yes. Trace. I need to bring you in on something very specific. So I'm going to say that one of the people, one of the rock stars that you definitely went out with was Nick Lowe. What's the connection? I've already asked him. He's got it. There are probably others that you're going to say, but there is a one specific kind of spurious but actual connection between Nick Lowe and David Bowie. That he brought out an EP called Bowie, B-O-W-I. Oh, oh. yes. When David Bowie brought out Low, L-O-W, he oh. brought out a response. Did he? He did, yeah. yeah. That's very absolutely funny, right. Very funny. B-O-W-I, when he brought out L-O-W, yeah. That. And um, I love the sound of Breaking Glass, I think actually conceived almost as a kind of parody of Oh well, that's sound, that's, of, sound and vision. That the sound no, of breaking glass. Of, of, of breaking glass. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. So 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 that's what that's we've been talking brilliant. about. I forgot about the Bowie uh, joke, but we couldn't work out how it was that so soon there were two songs in the chart. Oh, not in the charts because Breaking Glass by Bowie wasn't, but two quite well-known songs that were about the positive aspects, even in a very sinister way, of Breaking Glass. I wonder um, if it might be just a response song. Because given is, yeah. that he was kind of very involved in Stiff Records right. and kind of producing his own stuff, they would have had the facility to get things out quite quickly. Maybe. Well, I'm saying that with no I mean, we, knowledge. we checked the lyrics, which we... With, oh, I love the sound of Breaking Glass. They are, they are and, quite similar. And what, well, what, but what they also are, as Tim pointed out, is... So we were talking about how a lot of people who were in pub rock bands in the sort of early 70s sort of took on a punk attitude after punk. And the lyrics of I Love the Sound of Breaking Glass are quite punk. They're kind of about being bored and wanting to smash things up and all that kind of stuff. And, we, and maybe it's just that. It's just like a sort of punk song. But the music's not at all punk, really. I mean, he's a magpie, really, Nick right. He's a borrower of other people's styles and, and none of his songs are really written from the heart. So I would right. think it was more of a pastiche. Right. Beast in than, Me is written from the heart, isn't it? He wrote that for, a, for Johnny Cash. Did he? So he got into the persona of Johnny Cash and Did wrote he? it. Oh, as, right. yeah. oh I wow. see. Wow. No, I mean, that's okay. not Nick. That, he's not a beast. Uh, so we've got Nick Lowe, and the other big one that you spent a lot of time with was Loudon Wayne, right? Yep. Yeah. Not what you'd conventionally refer to as a rock star. No, but a big know, name in folk. A big and name in music. He's a wonderful, wonderful songwriter. Yeah, a really big name in music and a brilliant songwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think. And then there's one other person, and I have to mention this, and you, you may not want... Well, there's no reason why you shouldn't be proud of this as well, although he's not quite as an important a figure as Nick Lowe or Loudon Wayne, right? But he's big for us, because when I first met you, you had just had a tryst with Richard Jobson of the Skids. Is that not correct? It was at the Edinburgh Festival. It was. You were doing a show called Nocturnal Emissions. <laughs> I was. Yeah. And I interviewed you, and yeah. I'm... Maybe that night or the night before had met Richard Jobson in a bar. Yeah. He was an arts presenter. Oh, yeah, of course. At that point, yeah. I was an arts presenter. Well, why not? <laughs> yeah. It was a dynastic merger. It yeah, lasted it a few weeks. Oh, it lasted a few weeks. <laughs> it did, actually. Fabulous. Very Scottish man, of course. And uh, 
into the valley? <laughs> Several times. <laughs> That's what I was hoping for. I really only did it for that no joke. Skids. I did it for that joke. <laughs> wow, we were lumbering towards that. Yeah, I that's the no joke we were lumbering towards. That joke. Yeah. Okay, He's well. a film director now. Oh, right. Is he? Yeah. But you did also say just now that you have a David Bowie connection. Oh, so yeah. Obviously Can I say one that. other thing yeah. about Tracy, which, which is, you know, Wikipedia public knowledge, as it were, although we know which is obviously the famous Stone Roses, you know, thing, which oh, yes. I'm sure you don't... Like, and, and a bit she like, probably wants to talk about that no, even less like than Radiohead things. and Creep, I'm sure you don't want to talk about it. I was only going to say one thing about I had a part in it, which is at a party, a celebrity party about four years ago, Ian Brown was there. Hang on, I'm going to have to explain it for those who oh. don't know about oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, you should say, yeah. Tracy's OK with that. Oh, yeah, that. of course. OK, so one of Tracy's infamous uh, things that she... Uh, will be seen on screen doing, it's not her fault in any way, is that when the Stone Roses were on the show that Tracy used to present, The Late Show, they... Well, what happened? They... <laughs> they started playing live. It was their first ever She bangs the drums, I believe. Or I Am the Resurrection. It might be I Am um, the Resurrection. Wasn't called Waterfall? No, well, oh, maybe no, it was Waterfall. Uh, that's a good question. I, think I can remember how it goes... It right go? up to the point that the sound cut out. She's a waterfall. Is that bit in it? Goes, it? Uh, Oh, I've seen it enough times on yeah, programmes called things like, like TV's <laughs> Most Embarrassing <laughs> Moments. Yeah, yeah. I think I've put it in a, like... Pop nightmares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put it in one of those list shows once, and oh. I can't remember what the song is. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, um, no, that's not Waterfall. No, it's not. Yeah. It's I Am The I Am The Resurrection. No, it's not I Am The Resurrection. What is it? Oh, I think it's uh, made of stone. No, and the it, streets it's, are it's made of stone. It's made of stone. Is it? Yeah, that's made of stone. But at the point where he goes, when the streets yeah. are cold and lonely, yeah. the sound cuts out, and yeah. all you can hear is the drum. Yeah. And then Ian Brown made behind stone, me, as I go on to say, I'm sorry, we seem to have had a bit of a technical problem, <laughs> uh, but we'll sort it out in a minute. And I start doing a link in a sort of slightly strangulated voice Some, into something Martin Parr That's is a, a documentary photographer <laughs> and Ian Brown is behind me going, amateurs, amateurs, we're wasting our time here, boys, etc., etc." And you cut, they cut to the drummer that. and he's kind of snickering and they know that it was going to, it was always going to happen because somebody had gone and tweaked the sound, the noise level up which cut the limiters out oh. so it was a bit of a sort of oh, it was, but not planned wasn't it? planned but, but they but they wanted it to it, get too loud that was their they thing they wanted it to get too loud oh I see anyway I've seen Ian Brown since so a funny. few like about 10 years ago oh, right. I bumped into him in a news agent and sort of tapped him on the back and said hello do you remember me and he went oh hello love uh, and I said I was the person that yeah. did that thing and he went oh yeah sorry about that so well, I think that's a sort of yeah. Thing that, you well, know, I take that. That you should definitely take that. That makes my story more suspicious. Although, by the way, having you recreate that on our podcast makes this one of the best podcasts we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Hearing yeah. that recreation it was, was utterly brilliant. Was absolutely yeah. fantastic. Was, yeah. Yeah. But I at a celebrity type party about five years. He was there, and he was he was incredibly open because obviously I'm thinking I wonder if I can talk about the Stone Roses with him and like I don't you know I won't push it and were you he, a big oh, fan? yeah I'm a yeah. big fan and almost yeah. almost at the beginning of the conversation he said do you want to talk about the Stone Roses sort of, and I said and he said oh and that was about the time of the second album that was a difficult album I said no I know I know all yeah. about it was like he wanted to say everything 
And I said at a certain point, I know Tracy McClendon, who did it, and he said, do you? And he said, well, if you ever see her, will you say sorry? Which oh. is weird that he'd already said that. And yeah. I felt like I was like, um, is it Yasser Arafat? No, who am I? I'm the person... Kissinger. To, yes, I'm Kissinger rather than Arafat. Yeah. I don't want to take sides You're here. You're the peacemaker. And I was, you know, and was able to do that. But you, you have, he has said sorry to you. Well, it's do, nice do, to hear it again. Can yeah. I ask, can we ask for the podcast, do you accept the apology? This, this, I accept this, the apology. He was big. young. This, yeah. is big, this is a big moment. Tracy's yeah, accepted the apology. And also, it's not, it, it's not punk, YouTube. but, you know, all yeah. new sort of rock movements have an element of punk to them and that was probably to some extent Britpop's punk moment. Yes. Britpop's Ted Grundy moment. Yes. And it was that slightly pre-internet age where if you didn't see it, you missed it. And yeah, there was yes. no way of seeing it again. Yeah, yeah. So unless somebody had a VHS and pressed, yes. you know, record, if you were yeah. a really keen Stone Roses fan, presumably you would have known yeah. where you were going. One on. thing about it, no Tracy, one thing about it is it's brilliantly comically directed without anyone doing that. So, for example, in Love and Death, the Woody Allen movie, right? right there's a very hilarious moment <laughs> where um, Woody Allen is playing a Napoleon lookalike, right? And he meets Napoleon and they talk and then they go to the background and some characters who aren't very important come to the foreground and gradually you notice in the background they're having a fight. They start laughing <laughs> yeah, and then right. they have a fight. And brilliantly, Woody Allen keeps it always in the background and that's what's funny about it. And what's funny about this is that he's quite small in shot behind you and you keep going and, it was shouting, and he's just shouting, amateurs, amateurs. It's so funnily directed. But, it, but when you say... Blink and you missed it and I'll it again. It is probably on Channel 5 tonight on a list oh, yeah. show, almost certainly. I mean, yes, many an evening I've just it. been sitting post-pub, having a nice time at home and it's popped up. Yeah, yeah. It's over, I'm being trolled by my Yes, but TV I think what you yes. need to realise, which I'm sure you do at some level, is in no way do you look like it's, it's not your fault and you're almost no, all sympathy is with you in that situation. But it's that thing if you think of yourself as being a bit rock and roll. You know, right. that's you. It, yeah, we all, nobody wants yes. to be the Geraldine Chaplin character <laughs> yes. in the film Nashville. Right. You know, the straight journalist right, who's right. going that's around missing the point yeah. of yeah, yeah. rock and roll yeah, spirit. Yeah, very well you know, put. I feel like I, that is that does not define me. <laughs> and in fact, the fact yeah. you brought me here, telling me you wanted to talk to me about David Bowie, okay. you've just spent no, 10 minutes yeah. asking yeah. me about here's how Here's how we put it around. What's your connection with David Bowie? Oh, well, it's quite a good one in that my cousin, John Chatterton, who's one of my older cousins, comes from Bromley, right. played in the Conrads. Wow, oh, that that's right? amazing. Yeah. That's a goodie. But wow. not at the same time as David, uh, uh, okay. David Jones. Oh, well, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, still pretty good. What did he play? Do you know, I'm embarrassed yeah, to say yeah, I don't, don't really know. I mean, the, I've the got quite a lot of cousins and I yeah. haven't really drilled down with it. Because Bowie, of course, played saxophone in the mm-hmm. Conrads. And again, the Bakelite sax that his dad gave him. Okay, because one of the things about Bowie, it's a bit like Mick Jagger and the harmonica, is is he actually really any good? Because he likes to play saxophone from time to time, Bowie, and he still plays it every now and again. But I'm not, not sure. Now he doesn't. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, he's been you quite said that quiet in the press which is odd. That's very true. Yeah. yeah, but then I think like when someone says you like later Bowie stuff, yeah. I think yeah, no, yeah, I, I quite yesterday. like Let's Dance. Yeah, yeah. It's all right. <laughs> so, but um. I don't know if he was actually any good at saxophone, Bowie, but he certainly was in... A, it was almost looked like a 50s group, that comrade. Some of the, I'll text my cousin and ask. Did he go to the Bromley good? Arts Centre and stuff like that? Do you happen to know? I think he did. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy to so connect you with his him. Name? So, Jonathan yeah. Chatterton. John, John Chatterton. John, and so John Chatterton never met David Jones? No, he met him. He knew him. Oh, he met him. him. Yeah. He knew him. Okay. And on oh, the oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. He was on the scene. 
He was on the, the scene. The Bromley scene. Swinging yeah. young Bromley yeah, scene. Yeah, no, what you've done is you've completely become rock and roll again with, yeah. That, yeah, with that reference point. I, I, you I, didn't I, tell them to quieten down when they're rehearsing, did you? <laughs> 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 that would be a shame. Yeah. That's all they yeah. remember. Yeah. Of you. David was behind John shouting amateurs at any point. <laughs> no, you've done it again now. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm we're trying sorry. to move off Tracy that. So let's, let's move off that. Let's move off that. But, but I've got a number of different, like, pop... People remember... I've got sort of weird outlier pop culture things where I've connected, like... David and I presented a show with Michael Gove. Yes. You know, that's a weird one. Well, that's very or weird. I'm or I'm a restaurant critic or MasterChef. Yes. You know, there's these kind of weird places yes. where I've connected with popular culture yes. or the Stone Roses You've thing. also inter- yeah. you interviewed some big pop stars. And big people. Johnny yeah. Cash, yeah. Randy Newman, yeah. uh, Saturn. I did a whole hour sit-down with Joni Mitchell. Oh, right, OK, stop, stop there. OK, sorry. Stop there. Where is your interview with Joni Mitchell? It's on I YouTube. must watch that. It's on YouTube. It was for the um, album that she did. Oh, crikey, I've forgotten what it was called. Well, Turbulent Indigo? Turbulent no. Indigo, right. exactly so. Right, okay. Which I felt was rather spoiled, as a lot of her albums were, by the squawking of Wayne Shorter over the top. You know, right, that sort of... Yeah, yeah. Is that... Is he saxophone? Yeah. What is he? Yeah. Well, actually, that, this brings up a point, although we must come back to you interviewing people, which is, so tomorrow... We're presently in the country, but tomorrow I'm going back to London where a friend of Orwenna's has bought tickets to Ronnie Scott's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, it's actually, it's a sweet thing. It's his birthday present to my son Ezra, who sort of likes jazz, but really what he likes is sort of mellow grooves on hip-hop beats, yeah. um, which are sort of jazzy, but I don't know if he likes real jazz. Anyway, so we're going to Ronnie Scott's. And then yesterday we ended up doing what I don't know if everyone does this when they talk about jazz if they're not really jazz fans, which is just saying to each other, but will it be people going billy diddly 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 for ages and ages? Right. What they call what? fire in a pet shop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Exactly. exactly that. Yeah. But we, David and Moena came to our house to di- for dinner the other day. You said uh, you never had anyone round. We rarely had. You said had you were never going to. No, I think what I meant was we won't have you round, Tracy. Right. But also, it was me and Morwenna, so no one was else was allowed. Loads of people come Morwenna would have a breakdown. And um, two things happened. One is I don't know if you remember this, but I cooked spaghetti. I do remember. Yes, in Ottolenghi spaghetti. And you said what no one ever says, which is you basically said, there's not enough spaghetti. Well, there wasn't enough. So I had to enough. cook more. But that yeah. never happens, does it? You just got to. When you're at someone's house, oh, you I think Tracy was there. When the terrible incident happened that I then related yes. to you. You well, were there, weren't you? The oh, yeah. terrible John Walton yes. incident. The lasagna gate. <laughs> the lasagna gate. Very yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Have I ever told that story on the podcast? No, I think you should tell it. Okay, so I'm going to have to tell this story, and we're getting further and further away from the Jodie Mitchell interview. People listen to this podcast hoping for music. They don't really get it. At least um, we've moved off people in the music business that I've slept with. Yeah, we've moved off that. And yeah. the whole Stone Roses I, thing. Yeah, no, we've moved <laughs> off that. I'm telling this story, so you both know it, but Tracy was actually there. Mm. Uh, so uh, we very rarely have any kind of dinner parties at our house. Never now, because my girlfriend has become someone who doesn't like doing that mm-hmm. but but yeah but back in the day we occasionally did it and we had one once and she said look don't cook to me which is unfair i'm quite a good cook but she was convinced i would fuck it up i'd get the cooking wrong whatever and i said oh, all right don't worry i'll go and get some lasagnas from jacobatsis which is around the corner from us at delhi i'll go and get some from there they're very nice two veggie lasagnas or whatever and then she said, which is, this is a bit unfair to my partner who never normally lies in any way, but she was embarrassed about the fact that we weren't cooking. I mean, said, don't cook. She said, can you just pretend that, we, that you made these? And I thought, as you know about me, I find it very difficult to lie. 
But I thought, I'm going, all right, bloody hell, I'll go along with it. And so I put them in the oven. I get them out of the foil as if I have just cooked them. We serve them. goes very well to the sort of seven or eight people there, one of which was you. And then a guy called John Morton, who wrote W1A, is a lovely bloke, lovely bloke. Quite easily embarrassed. Quite easily embarrassed, but really a nice bloke. So I'll say, you know what? These are so good that they taste like the ones you get from Jacobatsis. They taste that good, Mm. the ones from Jacobatsis. I can't believe they taste so much like them. And it keeps on going, and I don't know what to say. You had a June Whitfield moment. What's that? You might be too young to remember the TV campaign where she served frozen bird's eye chicken pies to her guests. And then they all said, this is delicious. And she turned to the camera and just put her finger over oh, her lips like, does really well. Yes, I that sort of did that, but, yes. but, in, but it was much more difficult than that because I'm very Tourette-y and need to say things in my head. But Morwenna had sort of said... And then um, she literally said it over and over again and eventually Morwenna cracked and said, I can't bear it anymore. We bought them from Jack <laughs> and Batsy's. And it made me look like such a twat. And there we are. I knew you were there. As though you were pretending. Yeah, I don't so remember I was pretending. That yeah, that, that's, I, what, that's what happened. I mean, I don't remember it being a terrible moment because I feel like anyone who throws a dinner party, you know, that they should do whatever it takes to get through it. Yeah, I'm yeah, a terrible yeah. host. I right. don't like having dinner parties. I get very stressed out about the cooking. So I think uh, there's no shame attached in buying a... But just, it no, was but just the fact, that John the fact, took it a bit no, badly. I, no, no, he was so. fine. He was fine about it. I think, it? Oh. I think it was mainly that I, you know, as someone who doesn't lie had ended up lying, and uh, that, that was all I right. think it was a big moment for you. It was a big moment for me. But it doesn't, me. there is a dotted line between that and you criticising my portion control on spaghetti. Which there is. Felt, yeah. Like Tracy says, it's a big thing to have to cook, and so yeah. you only really want positive stuff. And to be, Yeah, I just wanted know, a bit more food. I mean, I think but, essentially it's a positive thing. But the other thing saying, about that... This is lovely, have you got <laughs> twice as much? Yeah, weirdly, that's not what I heard. <laughs> okay. But, but, but the other thing that happened at the dinner is that I had been traced to it. I've got a record a turntable now, and Love I you know, joined the party a bit late. So I've been sort of buying records, and I thought, rather than just buy everything I've already, you know, rather than buy... Did you sell all your records when yeah, your I can't CDs Yeah, I can only in. find like five of them, mm. and like most of them are terrible. And so I thought, I could buy Ziggy Stardust, well, I have actually bought Ziggy Stardust, but I could buy all of it, but I'm not going to do that, I'm going to do something different. So I went to this quite cool record shop somewhere in South London, and once I was in there, I thought, I've got to buy something, because it feels like some pressure. And I thought, I'm going to buy a jazz record without really knowing my way round it, as we were saying earlier. And so I bought John Coltrane, A Love Supreme, mm-hmm. which is, by all accounts, the Bible. It's the source, it's the Holy Grail, it's like where everything comes from. And they really all said, oh, nice choice, mate. <laughs> so I felt quite good about having it. It's got a really good photo as well. It looks kind yeah. of cool, isn't it? And I bought it home. And I put it on before you guys had arrived. and put it on and I thought... I could go either way here. I could listen to this and think, I think this might be the cool, like I'm really into it. Or I could think, oh, like just really, what the hell is going on? It's yeah. just sort of formless and what, there's no, nothing for me to hum along to. When you arrived, I had it on in a very uh, overtly, like, let's just be cool. I've got John Coltrane on. Come in, guys. Have a Negroni. Well, none of us are drinking. No. You know? And Moena said, this makes me feel really anxious. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah. really, she, jangly, might, yeah, yeah. she might have meant the whole dinner party. Thing. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> but she specifically said, "Jazz makes me anxious." And I said, oh, "Do you know what? It's me too." <laughs> yes, that's not a background <laughs> album. No, maybe it that's gets the thing. quite fr- fr- right. frantic, doesn't it? But that's the thing that... where jazz gets frantic. Yeah, it's, it's kind of terrible, isn't it? It's 
terrifying. But that's your point. And it's taken us a long time to get back to this right. about Wayne Shorter yes. on Joni Mitchell's later oh, right. albums. Yeah, yeah. When he become, when she decides to go jazz and fretless bass yeah. and all that, it's kind of difficult to listen mm. to it. Which is a great shame because obviously everything before that is absolutely brilliant. I'm remembering that I went to Japan to Bloody cover hell. a. That's Princess Anne. I went to Japan Let's to... Let's not explain that. <laughs> can you write in if you can guess what was happening when David said, bloody hell, it's Princess Anne. I went to Japan to be the sort of broadcast link of a big concert called something like the Great American Mu- Music Experience. And Joni Mitchell was one of the artists on that. Uh, and Bob Dylan was the headliner. Right. And When was that? 95? Right. Wow. 94, something like that. Um, anyway, all I remember of it was just thinking, I wish Wayne Shorter would stop doing that. Yeah. yeah. Yes. She sort of became... When you interviewed her, yeah. was that not a bit intimidating? Because she is a bit intimidating. It, it went quite well. I mean, right. I've watched it back because it's on YouTube. And actually, she opened up quite a lot. And I felt like it was quite a good interview. And I was very intimidated. But because I knew that the brief was to talk about the new album, I think I stuck to it pretty right. much. I didn't do that sort of... Okay, we've we've done the one question on the new album. Let's right. go back and talk about blue. Yeah, can we just do? Uh, there's a, there's a, Tracy. You've already mentioned there's so many strings to your bow. I think maybe bows because there's so many strings. It's like milkshakes. Is exactly <laughs> is um, Master Chef. Going back to the, the dinner party that David threw. Do you throw a dinner party for yeah. two people? When we went, two people. When we went, oh, that we threw. Yeah, when we went round. Yeah. You famously for this podcast. Oh, today, yeah. Made a chocolate mousse. Yeah. Right for pudding. Yeah. But David basically made a chocolate mousse. He started with a shop a homemade chocolate, chocolate mousse. No, 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 and no. Put it inside. I didn't start with that. Right. I started making my own chocolate mousse. Now I'd never done that before. Right. But I thought, how hard could it be? Nigel Slater always says you should never make something for a dinner party yes. that you have never made before. I absolutely remember right. reading that. I well, agree with that so. That much, would also yeah. be true of the Jacobatsis lasagna. I'd never made them before. <laughs> right. So I, I made the chocolate mousse, and it was nice. But I didn't understand that a chocolate mousse slightly reduces when you make it. And I thought, fuck, it's too late to make any more and I haven't got all the ingredients. I'll buy, already had in the fridge, some cho- I had some Sainsbury's chocolate mousse. So I just mixed that in. Sort of whisked it in. I sort of whisked it in. And then I admitted this. And uh, we then talked for a long time about the concept of a mousse inside a mousse. It. What do you think about that as a... Well, I would worry that the whole thing about a mousse is, you know, those air bubbles. And yeah, like, right. Combining them, you're going yes. to beat out a lot of the air. Yeah. That, so yeah, you'd yeah. end up with basically a sort of chocolate sludge. Point. No, yeah. well, chocolate, actually, but chocolate mousse is kind of a chocolate sludge, isn't it? Well, but it could still yeah. taste nice. Yeah, it was more the con- the concept, I think. Of I don't a, have a problem with it. You don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with cheating. I, well, I, when I'm on MasterChef and people come in bringing the food, the thing I really have a problem with is if they don't give me enough spaghetti. Right. They get really yeah. angry. Right. No, no, that right. does happen. It's often the sign of a brilliant chef, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is the funny thing about that. Yeah. Can we, can we finish by asking, this might, I haven't said I'd say this, Tracy, so, but in terms of Bowie music... Do you are you particularly drawn to it? I don't know whether you're particularly a Bowie. It doesn't matter, by the way. Whether I am a Bowie ever, fan. Yeah. What, do you, what are you drawn to when you think Bowie? Well, what I listen to now, I would say I listen to probably low station to station oh, era more. Very but good. I mean, I'm of an age where I was able to buy his albums as they as they came out. Wow! Yeah. So he was kind of my Beatles. Yes. You know, you feel that jealous of people that lived That's through Beatles. Very cool. and, yeah. But. By the time, you know, sort of mid-70s, the Beatles seemed like ancient history. Yes. You know, that, and David Bowie was... It felt like 20 the, the years new, later yeah, than yeah. David Bowie, than, than the Beatles. Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in yeah. fact, it was, you know, they, they crossed over. 
I just don't think I never bought a Bowie album when it came out. I think that's probably true because by the time I was, I didn't buy any of the 80s or 90s stuff when it came out. Maybe I bought one of those terrible, what's the one with the Union Jack? I mean, I can't bear to even, with the, it's got the coat, Earthling. Earthling. Mm. I think I bought Earthling when it came out. That just, that taught me a lesson because that yeah. is truly terrible. Yes. Um, that's true. It's a good question. What is the first Bowie album that I bought when, when it, came it came out? out? Do you remember buying like Hungry Might have been low. I think it was low, like actually. Not that early. No. I think it was low. Right. Uh, well, I would have been 13 when low came out. My right. friend had Hunky Dory, and then we used to take in turns to buy the albums, because obviously you couldn't okay. afford to buy yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, every yeah. album as it came yeah, out. Course, we'd take yeah. it in turns, and then we'd borrow yeah. them off each other to listen yeah. to them. I, I really didn't like it, by the way. What? Low, when, when I first heard Didn't it. You? No, you I disappointed because it wasn't imagine. proper songs. I totally, by that time, yeah, really imagine. got to like Z Stardust, which I hadn't bought when it came out, but heard Z Stardust and Aladdin Sane, and I yes. liked all that a lot, and I liked all the, yes, proper songs on those albums. And then I heard Low, and I thought, what is going on here? Yes. Why are the drum? Why do the drums sound like that? It just sounds like yeah. someone falling over, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but sort of like just clattering sounds. Right, right. And I didn't like the fact that it was sort of industrial and a bit weird. Yeah. And obviously now I think it's brilliant. But at the time, and also I hated it. And still I'm not wildly keen, really, on the instrumentals. Well, it's an interesting question, even to a Bovet, like when did you last listen to the second side that's called when it did you last listen to I mean, Noi, I, Noi Cologne which is on Heroes I mean, uh, what's on well, Varsava and I can't yeah, remember I don't think I name mean, the instrumentals on you can't mean, even fucking hanging name Moss Garden no that's Heroes as well I think. oh which one are you talking about I'm talking low. about low. What are the instrumentals oh, on low? Um, Varsava's. Yeah, Varsava, and I can't. Um, you see, that's why no one really listens to them because we can name any every other song on low. Yeah, yeah very no, easily. no. I mean, mm-hmm. the way you think about it is low was an EP, really. It had these wonderful songs, and then there's this. Yeah, song although I went to on. see David play it at uh, Meltdown in nineteen, did uh, you? Or maybe early two yeah. thousands. Right. Yeah, he did the whole of low for one half, and mm. the second half was more sort of greatest hits, mm. and um, everyone was pretending to like the instrumentals. But no one. Yeah. I don't think anyone. It's frustrating did. having David there and he's not singing. I could see that. Yeah, exactly. He's actually in well, the house. He does sing on Varsava, uh, sort of weird. Like that weird wailing. Weird wailing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Weird wailing Maybe noise. that's one of those ones where you could say, David, none of us are enjoying this. We think you might not be either. Yeah, Why don't we yeah. just stop? Yeah, you're not really. Maybe he needed it. someone to say that. Yeah. But the idea of having a time capsule song, because we, we can go back and revisit everything that we've ever owned or listened to. Mm. But I realised I'd never listened. I had The Man Who Sold the World right. on cassette. Oh, wow. And I used to listen to it all the time because, you, you know, I had about 10 mm. cassettes or something. I knew every word of it. Yeah, but I'd it. just never gone back and listened to it the, these last, you know, 40 years. Mm. So I listened to it again and it was incredible. I still yes. knew every yes, word. Yes. It was like opening a box. How yeah. lovely. Yeah, I just yeah. do it yesterday. Did you? Yeah, I did it yesterday. But I do do that quite a lot with mm. David Bowie. I mean, it's a weird thing. It's partly, I think, being an old twat in yeah. that I, I find with Spotify that I spend a lot of time thinking, oh, yeah, I'll try this, I'll try this. I've heard this is good. And then I think, oh, I'll just listen to something by David Bowie mm. or Joni Mitchell. I mean, you although John, Joni Mitchell went off Spotify and I've never yes, realised how much I listened to uh, Joni Mitchell until she went but, off Spotify. Yeah, I hate the fact she's off Spotify. Mm. I, I'm sure the reasons are good and Joe Rogan and all that, but honestly, it really annoys me and I might have to sign up to Amazon fucking Prime. I've had the profound thought, but I don't know if it is profound, so we need to test it, which is the, it, just talking about Bowie and Beatles, with the Beatles... Everyone knows their albums, but you can still surprise people with the odd song. Because, like, you know, there's Beatles fans and there's everyone else. So you can still say, you know, long, 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 or I don't know, something. Some Is that what it's called? I the don't George, know. Never on, heard that one. On my white album, George Harrison. Right, it, right. Lot, yeah. Or whatever. 
Whereas with Bowie, you can do that with albums, I think. Because you can get people who say, I like David Bowie, but if you said to them, what's your favourite track on Man Who Sold the World? They sort of think, oh, I haven't really heard... Like, there are yeah. albums that people yeah. don't go to, even from the classic period, yeah. that, that I think All still... All the Mad Men, by Yeah, way. right. So is, you could, is that your favourite on... Oh, Man Who Sold the World, yeah. yeah. I can tell you my favourite track on every Bowie album until we get, obviously, to the shit ones, where there is no yeah, favourite track. Yeah, any, once you, once you get to Tonight, obviously, there's no favourite track. Yeah. There's just despair at how shit is. Did it's, you both see him live? We should go out on that. <laughs> I, saw, I only saw him live I mean, once, and it was yeah, on the White Room. A few times. The White Room TV show. Oh. I saw him because we were involved in making that. So I only saw him once, but he did Teenage Wildlife right. on the White Room, which is my obviously not my favourite song because it's impossible to have one. But I remember thinking, well, I sort of never see, need to see him ever again. That mm. is the song. And there he was, about three feet from me. So, But you saw him a couple of times. Teenage Wildlife, of course. Mm. Sorry, now it just has become like the old mm. podcast it used to mm. be. It's something for the fans. Teenage Wildlife. What early demo is Teenage yes. Wildlife? It's it, the same song. Yeah, I heard it the other day and I know. Come on, let's see if you can note, do this. Uh, well, no, isn't it? Tracy, t- any idea? It's a demo. So, No, I'm not that much okay. of a... Isn't it something? I've, I heard this the other day. It's an early song. Yeah. It's an acoustic demo, which I don't yeah. know if he ever recorded properly. No, and it's got a bit of it. You know, I can't remember the name. Tired of my life. Yeah. And my, I am very proud of this. Uh, I said to my daughter the other day, I was just listening to Tired of My Life. I don't she, she said, you know, that's teenage wildlife. Yeah, amazing. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Ship off the old block. Yeah. Anyway. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. popping by for tea, uh, We it? haven't done the, the... I thought we were going to look at the reviews, but maybe we should do that ourselves. We can do that tomorrow Certainly morning. tomorrow morning. We can mm. look at our reviews, which are funny. But thank you, Tracy. You've been Thanks, a brilliant Trace. guest. Yeah. You've, been our lovely. first guest for about three or four years. Probably even longer. Maybe even longer. You join a host of fabulous guests, yeah, including fabulous. Stephen Merchant, Jonathan Ross, Ricky, Ricky Gervais, uh, Robert Popper. Robert Popper. Lovely and Robert Popper. Um, his aunt, Linda. Not your aunt. What? Also, no, Lin- Linda was my brother, but Linda was never on it. We phoned no. her in Spain. <laughs> no, that can't be my aunt. I don't have Not an your aunt. aunt. The woman who came round and your brother shouted at her. Yeah, but we never spoke. Yes, I mean, this she is she now phoned her. We phoned her. Do you not remember? You turned into no, the gay couple squabbling again. We totally again. did. We never spoke to we, Linda. We did. We phoned her. You've definitely got Oh, no, oh, no. I've got confused with <laughs> someone. I've got confused with someone who went out with Bowie. Yeah, that was, was one that? Of, Yeah, but I can't remember. How come oh we were speaking to her? <laughs> I can't remember. Shit. You're so right, but it wasn't... It Did was... we never speak to Linda? No. Are you sure? I'll tell you why when you turn it off. Is she dead? No, it's not uh, that easy. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, that's a good end. Yeah. Got so just as a PS, um, Tracy's cousin, John Carrington... Chatterton. Chatterton has texted back, and the live update is great, because it turns out, as Tracy's going to read, he has a much closer connection to David Bowie than we assumed. Hi Tracy, I was part-time guitarist with the Conrads, aged 16. David joined the group as saxophonist and singer. He was too good for us and eventually left to form David Jones in the lower third. He was quite ordinary, like myself, styled himself as Joe Brown for a while. I went camping with him previously in the Cubs with friend George Underwood. I'll dig out a pic. I'll find that pic and post it onto. That do you have a visual amazing. component to this um, podcast? We, no, but we could do. No, you could. we definitely could do something like that. I mean, that's that's that he was probably close to him. The fact he was a singer in the band and your cousin was a guitarist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, more interested that you went camping with him. Because with, with the Scouts, did he say? What did Cubs. He, say? he had a Bowie Cubs. knife. Oh, <laughs> bravo. Bravo. But, uh, he, I mean, I think that... Did you say Cubs or Scouts? Cubs. Cubs. So they were, what's that, up until 11, isn't it? So very young. Yeah, but... Um, but yeah, One, one doesn't think of David as a camping sort. Yeah, someone who spent a lot of time in a tent. Under canvas. It's not Under canvas, no. 
No, right. but but that means they were close and hung out together, and maybe in some way he's formed but the Bowie we know, yeah, and in some way is responsible for his entire back catalogue, yeah, in a curious way. How often do you see your cousin? Not as often as you're uh, going to yeah, now. I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I've got quite a lot of cousins, right. uh, but we're now in a WhatsApp group, so that's for, you know brought everyone closer together. Wow. That, okay. Thank you. That's, that's that's great to know. Uh, we're now on the road back to London from the countryside. We've had a lovely time. We've had a Have great week. We've had a lovely weekend. Saturday, Sunday, not even a weekend really, but no, so much over we've too, done. Over too soon. Uh, we've achieved a lot. Yeah, I put um, Tim's dog on Instagram and Twitter oh. and he's become a superstar since that. Chip now has several thousand likes on yeah. multiple platforms. Yeah, he can't go out anymore. Um, well, I was saying to you, he can go out because no one will rep. He looks just like a Boston Terrier. Yeah, so yeah. it's brilliant. That's, yeah, that's oh, true. It's perfect sort of fame. Yeah. Do you think people are going up to Boston Terriers all over the country now, saying, "You that one?" And, oh, yeah, no, I you... think there's a, that's going to be happening a lot. Yeah. But what we know is the chance of that being chip of well, well, negligible. Well, they're negligible because he's in the back of the car now. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's and there asleep. Are, there are thousands of Boston, so it's brilliant fame because it's he's famous. But he doesn't he know it. Yeah, but he's anonymous. No anxiety about that. He's I, what I call phenonymous. <laughs> and you, it's a do you rare call it that, or have you just said that now for the first time? Um, yeah, but it's a. To- I think it's a really interesting concept. Yeah, it's a great portmanteau word. That yeah, you've it's come perfect. Up with. So you don't get hassle. I noticed by the way that both of us are now wearing our coats on the yeah, way back. It's a really interesting thing about when should you wear your coat in a car? Yeah. Yeah. And what? How? Like we're going to be two and a half hours in the car. I'm definitely going to take it off in a minute because it's now. Now I thought about it, it's too hot. Yeah, there's no reason. I mean, what? That you could say clothes are too hot. Let's go naked. Like it's just. A, I don't want to say that. There's no reason a coat is too much. It's a question of what we do. Can I just? I know we've mentioned uh, and probably too much that uh, decorators thought we were gay, but I'm going to have right. to just tell the listener something else. Right. So uh, we went out for a lovely dinner at the local pub and met up with some people we actually know while we yeah. were there. But one bloke we don't know, who's a guy in a band who was there, called Jack, had never met us before, a uh, lovely guy. Anyway, um, we were sitting opposite him, and Chip, the small dog, was between us. And every so often, as you do when you're a small dog, I was stroking him, Tim was stroking him. When we left, and he came out to tell us this, because we were waiting in the car park for a bit, he came out to tell us that he hadn't been aware there was a small dog between us and thought we were stroking gently each other's legs. And so actually said when we left, oh, I didn't realise that David Lee also, you know, he's married, but he also has this other relationship on the side, or whatever he said. I don't know what yeah. he said, but something also implying that we were gay because we appear to be doing that. So it yeah. goes on. Yeah, and again, completely comfortable with it. Completely comfortable with it. But and I think almost, I think once you... I do think... I'm completely comfortable with it, but I do think once you've got the small dog that can't be seen and you've been struggling yeah. to help those legs, you're in 70s sitcom territory with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, no, it was definitely a Tom and Barbara. Yeah. Um, what was Tom and Barbara? Good Life. Good Life, yeah. Uh, moment where it would have had more of an edge. Well, what it would have been was Tom and Jerry, which, by the way, is not the cartoon. I've only realised this no, for the first time. Yeah. That the guy who was married to uh, Penelope Keith was just called Jerry. And that must have been a nod to Tom and maybe obviously, right? Poss- Tom and Jerry, maybe. Uh, but if Tom and Jerry, that sounds weird now. But anyway, if yeah. they had gone, gone to the pub and they had a small dog with them, then that is something that you know, a, a, a very sort of straight banker figure, bank manager figure, would have thought about them on yeah. the other side of the table. But I think it wouldn't. That scene wouldn't age well. I think if you watch that now, yeah, uh, it would have felt a 
bit inappropriate, right? Whereas yeah, we were not as inappropriate as a very kind of extraordinary thing, which is we ended up watching oh, a rerun yeah. of Porridge yesterday, quite late yeah. at night. And I said, I think this is the episode where um, Fletch's daughter, who's come to visit him in prison, takes her top off. Because I remember that from when I was sort of 14 as being an incredibly erotic moment. Yeah. And she does. It's very. It was the episode. It was yeah. like unbelievable. It's a very extraordinary moment, yeah. It made a big impact on you when you were young. It really did. And um, the maybe first less time, of an impact last night? Well, it made an impact in terms of, like, bloody hell, it's really, like, immediately, I thought, 30 years later. Yeah. No, more than that. Fucking, uh, I'm 58. 44 years later or something. Yeah. As soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, my God, this is the episode where she takes yeah, the top yeah, off. Yeah, yeah, that's so interesting. Anyway, I'm going to end the episode with quite a sort of ordinary bit of Bowie-ness. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, like, I, I know that's a surprise these days, but... Uh, so, we've actually already started this conversation, so I can't pretend that I'm going to make Tim guess again. But I just made Tim try and guess that there is a track on the generally, by this podcast anyway, thought of as shit, album Black Tie White Noise, that isn't shit. And it took a while to get it, but... We got there. It is, in my opinion, the Morrissey track... I know cover I know it's going to happen someday so I put that on the other day I thought actually I really like this but there's a sort of old backstory which is which Tim doesn't know which I'm going to tell you this is all new now so I listened to the Morrissey track and the Morrissey track is much less of a big deal like David really goes for it it's like it's a really big vocal performance it's a bit like rock and roll suicide and I really liked it from that point of view yeah, it's um, those big sort of operatic because actually at that time one of the things I don't like about Bowie is that he's sort of become a bit unmelodic yes it's sort of like a bit talky a, a bit talky bit sort of mm. two notes yeah drony kind of vocal performances yeah but that's amazing right so then I read Pushing Ahead of the Dame yeah who as we know it is a good reference point and that's got a long suggestive backstory not I think completely corroborated, corroborated by anything which is that Bowie's version is kind of a piss take. Oh. So, obviously, you know they fell out, right? Yeah. They fell out famously yeah. because Morrissey didn't like the fact that when they toured, David thought it was a good idea that Morrissey should just leave the stage after supporting him and David come on and just take up, I think it's um, Cosmic Dancer by Mark Bowie. Okay, yeah. So Morrissey starts Cosmic Dancer okay. and David kind of goes to start and the audience goes wild and he just carries on singing but Morrissey got annoyed because it meant he didn't get a round of applause. Okay, I Final can see that, by the way. Yeah, I can sort of see it too. Yeah, but that should um, be dealt with by management. That shouldn't become a big issue. Well, it did become an issue. Morrissey left the tour. Right. Right. And has since slagged Bowie off a lot. Um, and uh, and actually, yeah. it's quite a funny bit where there's lots of Morrissey in his very, very bitchy way slagging off David. And then pushing into the dame says, David never really referred to it except by saying, yes, one day he just disappeared and we never saw him again. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah what a, that's exactly. Because, yeah. I mean, by the way, Morrissey, there's all sorts of problems with Morrissey these days. Of but, course. But that, I mean, like, he's gone on the record of saying what an influence Bowie was. It's an inelegant, it's just not a good look, is it? Oh, it's awful. He did that. No, no, he just got personally, in a typical Morrissey way, yeah. he got personally piqued by Bowie. Yeah. And then next thing you know, yes, Bowie was rubbish and Bowie yeah. was crap and blah, blah, blah. Uh, it's idiotic. But anyway, the suggestion is, in on Pushing End of the Day, that the original song, which is on your arsenal, David heard it and thought it was already meant to be a sort of slight Bowie-ish song. Yes. That he'd rock slightly suicide, nicked yeah. bits of rock and roll suicide. Yeah. And so David sort of did it as a kind of piss take because he thought that Almost Morrissey a, was already a nod, taking... A sort of acknowledgement of it. Yeah. I see what you've done. Yeah, yeah. so the grand delinquent 
sort of over the top yeah. cover of it is kind of that. It's that's, kind of like that's amazing. Yeah, but what's weird about it is, so I think somewhere in that in the pushing end of the Dave thing, it says he decided to do it in the style of David Live. Now, as you may remember, Dave, okay. you do remember, I am a huge, huge reclaimer of David Live. Yeah. But people say it's like the worst live album ever made, or that it's Bowie is worse because he was so uncut. I love David Live. Mm. It's quite hard to listen to in one go because everything's over the top and everything's. Yeah. But I really like individual versions of some of the greatest songs ever on that. I love them. And he does do it a bit like that, and that's what makes it brilliant. Yes. Um, so, anyway, that's basically my point, is that it's hard to know... Actually, one other thing, which is... <laughs> one other thing. Hard to know if it's a mistake, is what Bob Dylan... Bob Dylan did a version of The Boxer. Okay. Right, on self-portrait, which is clearly a kind of mistake. Right. Right, and that's partly because Paul Simon had done a song called The Something Something Machine, okay. which, is, which is a parody of Bob Dylan on one of right. their albums, right? So um, he has a pop back. Kind yeah, of, and yeah. his version of The Boxer is quite clearly taking the piss. It's right. a terrible version of The Boxer. Right. I mean, it's hard to tell with Dylan, because he does right. a lot of terrible versions of his own Does he songs. just sing it beautifully, and that's the piss yeah, take? Yeah, that's the piss take. Yeah. But the, here's the point. If I know it's going to happen someday as a piss take, yeah. he's putting a lot of effort into the vocal for a piss take. It's a really well, big, amazing vocal performance, and therefore I can't understand how it's a piss take. Here's what I'm going to say. It's a beautiful song, and he sings it. I mean, I, I get the David Live reference, but also he sings it like vintage, sort of 73, yeah. 74 birthday, yeah. as we say, rock and roll. So it's like, yeah. Even a bit of um, station to station, you know, that sort of very grand, operatic. Yeah. yeah. It, it definitely doesn't feel like a piece. There's nothing in there that sort of, as it were, subverts the form. It's fully committed. Yeah. Maybe subsequently he sort of said it in an interview that it's like oh, oh, you know like it's you know he, he thought Morrissey's a bit like his so he had a return but there's no way it's a piss take in that sense no it's a brilliant song well, and, and as you say it's what's missing it's absolutely what's missing I think that the recording and um, of, of day in day out on yeah. tonight it's on tonight I think yeah, is, it? is the inflection point everything after then is basically terrible and I think we've discussed day and day out. Yeah, it's the, ter- the nadir but it's, it's of, your of thing. Bowie. It's like it's just dirgy. It's a it's a sort of the same notes. Then it goes down a, yeah. a tone. Then it goes yeah. back. It's just really yeah. basic stuff. And you think that's the end. Yeah. I'm afraid and I do also think that about quite a lot of later Bowie that is lauded. Yeah, uh, no, but I know, think if you look at a lot of the songs on the next day, yeah. obviously there's one great song, I've, and then there's a lot of songs that is a one note melody. I forgot to mention again. We're a bit hampered because we're in the car, but there was a thing. I think it was in the Guardian. It doesn't matter. It's not, but about um, the sep- something like uh, someone wrote it the seven great moments of Bowie or sort of really the key moments that defined a life or something of this journalist and you start with I can't remember like I think maybe they started with Starman on Starman, top of the pot yeah. and then they did sort of I don't know like maybe they did like Heroes or something and so what I'm aware of is I'm too in and I'm already towards the end of what we would define as his career basically yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking where's this going and it does indeed go it includes you know first hearing heathen and you're like right. oh please yeah. don't do that thing where people use heathen as an example of a return to form yeah. I get the sense it's return in some like there's some songs on there that sort of work yeah. but basically which album out of Lad Insane Diamond Doll you know Scare and yeah. Heathen would you like yeah. come on do no. me a favour yeah no obviously so yeah, yeah. yeah that's, no. that's where we've ended up yeah but what happens with later Bowie uh, and you you seem to know it better than I do this cover but I didn't really know that well I've heard it once before I've right. not really thought about it 
there's a very very uh, emotional thing I think that happens if you like if you discover anything in later Bowie where right. you think oh yes. there he yeah, yeah. there he is we thought it yeah, thought I there was it. nothing and there he is Definitely. right so I mean obviously there's things where you can comb like you know demos and stuff like that and actually there's always quite a lot in that and that fantastic uh, this what is it the one the one that's got all the early demos on it is really it's got some brilliant stuff on it that I hadn't read before and I think there's some brilliant stuff on toy and yeah. whatever but I really wasn't expecting having not properly listened to it to be anything on those albums and then I thought no this is great yeah, this, is, this is David Bowie yeah so I was virtually crying like, no I can see it's like basically tending a dying relative yes and then it's yes. all downhill and then, then they tell that story about oh, when God. you do that thing you think yes that's what no it's did. not like that I thought you were going to say something oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, I, I thought this is a brilliant analogy like Tim what a brilliant analogy but you've slightly changed to what I thought you were going to oh, say I don't know, I think which is I don't know if you've ever had this experience but uh, it certainly happened with my grandfather right. not actually with either my parents or my grandfather which people say which is someone's dying and they're dying and it's all yeah. terrible and they're dying and then suddenly, just before they die, they have a moment of like lucidity and health, well, and they come back to themselves. That's and, kind oh, of what I was saying. Okay, but yeah, there's a moment when you think, oh, they've gone back up to the, they're back to themselves. Yeah, right. There's a flash of something. So you were saying that. I was definitely saying. That. Okay, so sorry, so it was a good analogy. Um, I'm sorry. What do you think I was saying? I thought you said something else. <laughs> no, what else could it have been? <laughs> you didn't use the phrase they suddenly come back to themselves, and did you? Well, yeah. Did that's you? What I mean, we're both we've got saying. it on tape, so if yeah, you said no, it, you said it. I stand by it. Yeah, okay. I tell you what, it's really like. It's like listening to late Bowie and hearing a song that's really good. Yeah, that's what it's. That's it's like it's similar it's, to that. It's yeah, really like that. Yeah. yeah. 